Covey blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Covey Sun Rental Michael Cotton Sun Rental Michael Cotton Sun Rental and the lovable Lucy Boutros Golly Michael Sun Rental Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show and uh, happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show and happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show and happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show and happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. <laughs> happy Groundhog's Day. This show brought to you by our 108 Patreon supporters, 107 which hate us right now for doing that to them, <laughs> make, making you hear Michael. But we just thought it'd be fun if we screw with you all to start. Um, but no, thank you to our, this show is brought to you by our 108 Patreon supporters. You can be one at patreon.com slash sunranto. Uh, you see the links, you see the links to tip us for I, doing I this show. Like 111. Did people jump in there just to get that prize and then yeah. bailed? No, I think what happens is it was the first of the month and people's credit cards expire. So if you're not sure if you're a Patreon member, go take a look and see if you are or not. Like some people expire. And so like every at the first of every single month, the number changes drastically and then it repairs itself like throughout the month. I do not understand how it works, but we will find out. So uh, welcome. Um, my name is Danny Rocket. I'm one of the, one of the hosts of the show. The man pouring a Guinness right now is and with a sore throat from screaming sun ranto 83 times <laughs> is michael cotton uh guinness tonight huh well it's actually guinness na oh no, wow it's, it's guinness zero is what it is it looks just like the real thing it tastes so damn close but yeah little shout out to those who don't drink out there i'm with you tonight That's interesting. all right well we might actually get through this show without an incident then <laughs> <laughs> well I still have uh, Pelican <laughs> Brewings, uh, The Brood Abides, Ooh, which is a uh, Russian 
sorry, a white Russian inspired milk stout. Oh, wow. That so sounds, what, what's the ABV on that one? Uh, 7%. So a little Ooh, lighter than some of the other that's things actually I've brought not on the bad show for recently. Her beers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she usually rolls in with like a wine bottle, really. <laughs> well, the, the brood abides, um, the, I, they always have these clever names and it just like, it's like band names. Like they just, mm-hmm. they, they've run out of them. There's no more good band names. There's no more, more good beer names. Does everybody needs to stop naming things for like 20 years and whether we could like make up some new things and then we could get back to naming beers and bands. There Are you with go. me? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. I mean, wh- when, What's the last like really good band name you've heard? I mean, Bleacher Bum Band. That's the last Bleacher really Bum. good one I've heard. Like, okay, that's <laughs> it. It's so good that I was shocked that nobody had ever done it. Millions and millions of musicians in Chicago, and nobody ever called themselves the Bleacher Bum Band. Are you kidding me? Like, um, the, the Bleachers they thought of like that's like a good like. Yeah. I guess it's like the the, the kids like that music. The the gen the Gen Zers. <laughs> they like I've that never stuff. heard of the bleachers exactly because you're not Gen Z. I'm hip like that. You're not. That's how I that got goes. children. <laughs> oh, but my children are into like jazz. So <laughs> yeah, you got I, you got weird kids that like listen they're, to Miles Davis. They're they're on the Gen Double Z with the end of that jazz. <laughs> so uh, what's everybody drinking out there? I'd love to know. Um, Anthony Huffless, Ooh. happy birthday, Anthony Huffless! By the way, um, I just sent him his Nico Horner bobblehead as he was the winner of the Patreon nice. Prize of the Month. Um, he's drinking a Shiner candied pecan porter. That oh, sounds. It sounds it's, like a it's good. dessert. It, it is a dessert one. Um, I feel bad for Corey Furlong. He's drinking white trash. Mm, is that, <laughs> isn't that Stroh's like or Genesee cream ale or something? I don't know what it is. Well, I once again have my oh, wait, Yerba... wait. some more white trash. He's he's still in light from Chris Salato. <laughs> Here's my people out here. Well, I'm I'm Clint drinking Nathan over here says he's a, a wine tasting by the bottle tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, you got to. That's my problem with drinking wine. I'm like, I consider one bottle one. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So, I only had three. What was the problem? <laughs> Why am I laying on the floor? So um, I'm drinking out my yerba mate out of my little straw because I pretend I'm Argentinian all winter long. And uh, but this is one of my oldest mugs. And you can see there's a mosquito. I don't want to drop it on my computer. Uh, that would be disastrous. Um, but here is oh, I at I gave blood at Assateague and there's a giant picture of a mosquito. On it, and the reason I bought this mug is I went camping a few times in Assateague, where there's wild ponies. It's right on; it's a border island, right on uh, the Virginia Maryland border. And there's wild ponies. You can go camping. It's really quite magical. And there's a bay side and an ocean side. And um, let me tell you, stay on the ocean side because on the bay, <laughs> you do. I had. I got out of the tent. You know how you do like you, you're like stumble out of the tent. You got to pee and you're just go back into the woods and you do your thing. I ended up like I get out of the tent early in the morning. Sun's coming up. I go into the woods to pee and I'm peeing. And all of a sudden I'm getting bitten like crazy in the morning. Like they're on me. I'm peeing all over my shoes. I'm peeing all over myself because I'm like swatting away mosquitoes. It was I, I counted at the end of that trip. I was there for two days. It's like 75 bites. Wow. It was in puffed up. I got allergic. I got sick from it. It was. Oh insane. my goodness! So, so I bought a mug, <laughs> and I'm drinking out of it. My oldest mug to date. Um, 
Nice. Well, a, a few more out of the chat here. We got uh, David Elliott has an old fashioned. Nice. Nice. Uh, Carrie Bronner Meyer, Diet Coke. She is driving through Indiana. So apparently, uh, we're on a heads up display in her car or something. She's got one of those new fancy cars. Nice. Nice. We got uh, don't some, uh, drive safely, Carrie. We got some hooker crook, red wine. Uh, Hayden Ford, keeping it classy, boxed wine. Boxed wine's not bad. It's not like it used to be. <laughs> it's not like it, the Franzia days. Like my sister turned me onto some boxed wine, and yeah. it was actually decent. And it lasts a long time, and you get like five gallons of it for cheap. Like she's like, you know, Costco boxed wine girl. Which- Dominic Galoro uh, gearing up for um, not having Pepsi at Wrigley this year. Yeah. Well, you can bring your own Pepsi in, Dominic. So don't worry about that. So, and uh, Powers Irish Whiskey. I'm going to hit the whiskey later. That's from Mike Waller. Mike Waller is actually going to be on the show oh. later. So, by the time he gets on the show, he's going to be ripped. Yeah, no, he's going to be here in 20 minutes, and, like, that'll be enough <laughs> for him to, like, at least drink, like, five figures, where he can come on and talk about mental skills. That's what we're going to do. Perfect. So, <laughs> exactly. I'm dealing with my mental skills right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, me too. I, I need a little upper tonight. I've had a headache all day, so <sighs> so if I fall asleep during the cast, um, no. I, I apologize because I, I wasn't feeling it all day. So, um uh, I do have some birthdays to announce uh, from some of our ranters and some of the people that joined the Sun Ranto Birthday Club that are our super ranters. But I did find a birthday song. So uh, this is from my old birthday or my old uh, kids band, Ham and Burger. You look them up. We got kids songs. We got kids like it's pretty good albums. I got two of them up there. But this is the Happy Birthday to the World song. It's festive. Wait. Wait. This is the, this is the middle. So. So I say happy birthday in all these different languages, like us, a cow and pig do, anyway. So uh, anyway, here's the birthdays that we got. Uh, The aforementioned Anthony Huffless, happy birthday. Uh, Bernie Barron, longtime listener, great friend, Bernie Barron, um, wonderful uh, Cubs caroler. Uh, Happy birthday to you. Mike Waller, who will be on the show later, his birthday was on Monday. Um, And also coming up this week from the calendar, uh, we've got uh, Emma, that's the daughter of Jose Orlando down in Puerto Rico. Uh, Tori Johnson, there's a picture of her with John Baker, also the mental skills coordinator. And uh, another picture with John Baker for Steve Olson. Uh, he, uh, Steve, it's his birthday on Tuesday, and uh, he won the, the big prize at John Baker Day one year where he bid $800 and got to hang out with John Baker at spring training, got his own uh, tour of everything. Oh, cool. Do you remember that? Yeah. So did bid like 800 bucks, raised a bunch of money for whatever charity we were doing the year that that happened. So uh, happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday to the world because happy every day. Happy birthday, Groundhog. Every day is someone's birthday, so wish a happy birthday to the world. That's <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's the song. So that's a pretty good birthday song. I'll have to teach it all to you so we can sing along. So, um, all right, uh, real quick, I just mentioned the calendars. Uh, they're made. Uh, they're not here yet. Uh, 101, a record I printed up. Uh, so and part of that is because we had a lot of Patreon people come at the twelve dollar level. That's where you get the calendar for the year. Uh, if you're at the twelve dollar a month level, you get the calendar. And a lot of people did that. So a lot of those hundred one are from there. So thank you very much for those that upgraded their pledges to to do that. And um, 
And of course, like there's a fair amount that like I use as like basically tickets. Like, hey, this guy hooks me up. I'm gonna give him a calendar and he'll remember me, you know, oh, like yeah. that kind of thing. I guess I got it's the people you'd think. It's the people yeah. you'd think. Um so um anyway, 101. I'm really well, impressed. Thank I you. To I can't wait to get mine. I have it hanging right in my uh kitchen right next to the right next to the fridge. It's great. Uh I don't think you ordered one. No. I don't think I have one for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I got one for you. It's part of being on the show. Can I have you, two. Uh, I think mine can go there. Yeah, you got I'll, no I'll room. I'll just steal yours, Danny. Whenever I'll just <laughs> come up and I'll just snake it off the wall and leave. It can go there under. I'll take one of the W's off. It can go up there. Oh, yeah. it can go on this wall. It'll somewhere, go right there. Somewhere Perfect. where you can see the birthdays. Um, nope, it'll go right there. So uh, I just wanted to point out that a lot of Cubs are at spring training. It has begun like the days of like pitchers and catchers kind of roll in and then the players come like that's done. There's a lot of dudes out there already. Matt Mervis. I don't know if you saw him smacking balls. Um, it's all batting practice stuff, but it's still good to see them doing it. And um, uh, if you're not following, I want to point this out. John Antonoff at uh, Baseball in Focus on Twitter. You should because he's there taking pictures of everything. And uh, he doesn't have that many followers. And that's kind of shocking because he really does this every single spring and does an awesome job of it. So follow him. Um, uh, Seiya Suzuki's already there. Yep. So, you know, kind of showing up a little hungry. I, and I, um, that makes sense, though. I mean, I, God, if you're coming all the way from Japan, it it might be better just to get in and get your stuff together and sort of be able to ease into the season more so than he did last year. He's also amping up for the World Baseball Classic. He'll be representing Team Samurai Japan. Oh, right. I forgot. I may be, uh, I may be a Japan fan. So year. he maybe came in to, yeah, get his work in, which is good to see because I, I don't know. Those are the only ones I've heard about. I'm sure there are more down there. I know a lot of the pitchers show up early, especially like but if you look at somebody like we talked last week about Matt Mervis being so hungry and like really and like how he was talking about how he picked the Cubs and how he made the spreadsheet and he wasn't a first round pick and it pissed him off and he's got a chip on his shoulder. Well, he's showing up, you know, and remember they're not getting paid for this. They don't get right. paid for spring training. Right. I wonder, um, I wonder how many of the sort of guys who've made it kind of help out and let them crash on their couch or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, say has got like, you know, three minor leaguers in his place. <laughs> Dude, we didn't think you'd be here. <laughs> <laughs> they told us it was okay. Um, but I, I did want to uh, point this out. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the players are playing the wrong sport down there. They got Cade Horton playing football. I'm like, what is going on, Cade? Come on now. That's excellent for your shoulders. Is it? Good. It is. It's good stuff. Really? Yeah, right. they, yeah they, uh, do a lot of I don't I'm not an expert in this stuff and I don't pretend to be but I did but I did work in a baseball gym for a little while and uh the strength and conditioning guys were always throwing a football around with the yeah and I know they use weighted weighted balls yeah they use weighted balls a lot too and uh, football is obviously heavier than baseball Mm -hmm. yeah it helps train like the smaller muscles in the arm and shoulder and you know it, it it provides supportive Mike Waller um, says it's also great for a changeup release pronation. 
Oh, Maybe. throwing so, the painful football. See, throwing out those words, I did not take the no, classes, so I don't know. I, what I always get a little bit of anxiety when I hear pronation. Not sure why. It pronation just, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes you feel pronation, like supination. That's all it means. It means <laughs> face up, face down. That's well, all. Well, well, that's what I'm worried about. So, well, well, trust me, sometimes I get really confused about whether I should be face up or face down. <laughs> I've got pictures to prove it. So, <laughs> I do. It's in the calendar. Uh, so, uh, March 10th, everybody, check out. That's your birthday, right? March 10th. He's not listening. Michael Cotton. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was, March, reading, uh, Matt, when's your... I was reading Matt Cammer's thing here. Uh, he says, why does everyone except Michael have my art displayed? Is this an Iowa versus Nebraska thing? By the way, I went and saw the Iowa women beat the uh, Nebraska women playing basketball just last week. But uh, no, um, you know what? I have, I only have like one thing, maybe two things of mats. And for the longest time, I used that green screen. So I just didn't have anything going on back here. Yeah, you need something. And now yeah. I don't have the green screen. And I kind of, that's just, just like, Sitting on the top of the couch, <laughs> nothing's on the wall. So Matt, you, look like, you look like a divorced you're here, dad. You're Matt, look, see this right? I don't know how to do this. See that right there? Make me a kosuke, please. I need Ooh, a, a to, to match. Okay. I yeah, I need a I need a Matt made a thing kosuke to match my Carrie Wood and Kyle Schwarber. Because Matt, why don't you Matt put right your? There. I'm not sure what Matt's uh, website <laughs> is right offhand. Put it in the chat here He's so we can uh, blow I know. you up a little bit. And he's Matt made a thing on Twitter. Yeah, I could I can find it pretty pretty quick. Um, but uh, you know, think, seeing them all show up to spring training at the same time, it's called permanent paintings, is what it's called. On, I'd uh, love a Sam. But um, and I'll drop the link to it in the chat. You guys should buy Matt Camera art. In fact, Michael, buy some Matt Camera art right now. So you can just change this situation. Um, Set right in, put up on the wall during the show. So, uh, so it reminded me just spring training started and everything. It reminded me of, of kind of spring trainings past. And like every year it's a little different. Like some years you're going into the situation where you know exactly who's going to be on the team and exactly how it's going to kind of line up. And other years, there's a lot of questions. Um, And um, we got, just got the news that Dexter Fowler retired. And that's one of my yes. favorite spring training moments really of all time when he showed up because he was so instrumental in 2015, yeah. uh, getting that team to surprise everybody. Uh, the Cubs finally had a, a leadoff hitter, the a switch hitting leadoff hitter, just uh, got on base all the time. And then 2015, he was awesome. Then they were, then he signed some like supposedly three year deal with the Orioles and well, it never happened, and he took less money to come play for the Cubs for one year. So I yeah. remember, yeah, that was uh, – apparently he said that he never did that, and it got leaked somehow that he had some deal going with the Orioles. But that was another one of these. Like, he was a free agent for way too long before the Cubs brought him back in. Um, man, just – he was he was so important to both of those teams. I mean, Hugo Wego is still, like – Right on top of my brain, like when I'm watching baseball, you know, if Absolutely. the leadoff guy gets on, that's the first thing in my head. Yeah, Dexter was amazing. I, I had a great time watching him. Yeah, a, a lot of great memories with him. And let me put up just the numbers. This is 
his overall stats as a Chicago Cub from years 2015 and 2016. I can't uh, think of I can't think of anybody else who was here for all of a year and a half who just feels so much like an integral part of Cubsdom. You know what you, I mean? You win. The, well, John Baker comes to mind. And John Baker to be fair, and yeah. Cubsdom is littered with guys who are only around I for like. No, but now. I mean, like, <laughs> like I'm still in denial that he's not on the on the roster. Like, yeah. It, well, yeah, and it, you know, maybe he had a couple of good years with the Cardinals, but he was also injured and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he had an OPS overall of 794, um, OPS plus of 115, that that he had hit 30 home runs in two years. So he had some pop. He stole some bases, you know, I mean, and just like leading off. And um, here, here's I just want to put up his 2016 numbers because he was just ungodly in 2016. Um, as the first batter of the game, he had an OPS of 1.203. <laughs> Come on now. Um, that's 118 overall plate appearances where he was the first batter of the game. Uh, he hit seven home runs um, in that time. And he had an OBP of 483. Like, it's just... Come on, a, a, an SOPS plus of 196 and a, T, a T of 184. Just ridiculous. Now, just leading off an inning overall, super instrumental, always getting on base. Uh, he had a OPS just one point under 1,000 and an OBP of 439, which ain't too, too shabby. Um, like overall, because I went a little leadoff hitter crazy because, you know, the knock in the Cubs is they never had a leadoff hitter. But Dexter Fowler was really one of the greatest leadoff hitters <sighs> that the Cubs have ever had with in my lifetime, like without a doubt. And um, I'll give you some numbers. Cause in 2016, he had a 393 on base percentage, which is kind of how I still rate a leadoff hitter. Get the hell on base. Like anyway, yeah. get hit by pitches. He got hit. By a, yeah. <laughs> he got hit by 11 pitches that year. He taught Anthony Rizzo how to do it. Right. As in 2016. Now that that team was an OBP machine because you just it was like dude after dude after dude. So you had uh, you had Dexter with 393 OBP, Benzo with 386, and then Riz and KB at uh, 385. So um, yep. it you know I mean that's ridiculous. Those are all leadoff yeah. hitter numbers, really good ones. Um, yeah. So then it, it got me thinking about. Um, the Cubs leading off in general. Okay. So let me put up here's now here is who has had, and I just put like the minimum of a hundred uh, plate appearances batting first, you know, and some of these are, are actually um, pinch hit at bats. Like if they replace the first batter, right. you got an AB as the first guy in the lineup. So, but probably not a lot of that stuff. That doesn't happen too much, but Within um, the last, and I went back only to uh, 2017, which is when Dex left. Guys with at least 100 plate appearances um, out of the leadoff spot. Uh, Kyle Schwarber has the most, 253 plate appearances and an OBP of 304. <laughs> like, come on. Um, the best was actually uh, Rafael Ortega. Um, last Yay. in 2021, 
he took 226. Now, this is a much smaller sample size than you would expect because we didn't have a leadoff hitter. We had a million different guys do it. So that's why you see these like 200 numbers and stuff because I'll, I'll compare it to the Cardinals who actually had a leadoff hitter and like what that looks like in a second. But you have the guys with over um, even uh, five uh, over two. There's only six guys with over 200 plate appearances. That's what I'm trying to say. It is right. in a year. Kyle Schwarber, John Jay, Rafael Ortega. <laughs> John Albert, Jay was my favorite. I know. You hated John Jay. <laughs> Albert, Albert Almora. To be fair, you hated John Jay because he was taking a pass from Almora. So, I was. Like, uh, I was. It you was know, you were kind of wrong too. It, it was a it was a dark it was a dark time. <laughs> so, then, <laughs> then there's Rafael Ortega in twenty twenty two. So he did it twice. Um, with 209 at bats, but you know, this guy's got an OBP last year of 289. Come on. And then Christopher Morrell had 204 at bats last year in the leadoff spot and um, OBP of 305, a little bit better. Uh, surprisingly, Albert Almora didn't do that bad at it in 2018. Now he was only facing lefties, but he was getting on at a 368 clip. So it's just, but here's, it there hasn't a been a while there <clears throat> again, you know, just trying to defend myself here a little bit. There was a while there. It looked like he had something going and uh, everybody, you know, and then, yeah, he got every day. I thought that would help him and it, it did not. Yeah. Um, it's uh, David Elliott points out. Anthony Rizzo down there, best leadoff hitter for three weeks. Absolutely. Like he, everybody had their turn. And uh, Rizzo did awesome at it. I mean, look at 428 OBP. Um, oh, 979 OPS. <laughs> <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> he was and, crushing homers out of there, too. And, you know, in 2020, which I don't really count as a year, but Ian Happ did quite well in the leadoff spot, which we'll get to him later because, you know, I want to talk about um, – I want to talk about who the leadoff hitter should be on the team. And I, I think maybe it should be Hap, but um, uh, I have a really just dumb thing to point out. It might be dumb. It might not be, but. So yeah. Say is, it. Oh, say well, Suzuki's on base percentage with the Hiroshima carp throughout his career. Um, apart yeah. from his, you know, debut season, it was never below 320, and uh, the year before he came to us, it was 433. Yeah. No, I, I think that he would be another candidate to do it. Like him or Hap are kind of my guys. But we'll, I, can we get to that in a second? Because yeah. I want to talk about say uh, I absolutely want to talk about say and Hap. And I want to hear in the chat what who people think uh, should lead off. I, I like what uh, Crawley says in the chat, though. He says, Crawley says Albert Elmore sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he is the fastest tag-up artist in the history of baseball. Um, so, But I got, I got some numbers for you about OBP. And I just did OBP for yeah. leadoff hitter by year. Okay. 2017. Okay. It went from... Dexter Fowler's 393 down to 324. Now they made the, the NLCS that year, but 324, that's a huge drop off. Then it kind of rebounded in 2018, um, 366. Now that's all Joe Madden playing the averages and like making sure that the, the matchup was good. So he just still didn't have a leadoff. There's a lot of guys doing it. Then in 2019, the year that pretty much everything fell apart. Um, yeah. 
with the injury, uh, with all the injuries at the end of the year, 294 out of the leadoff Ooh, spot. Good. Lord. Uh, yeah. Then yeah, in, it, it's like Kyle Schwarber for the most part, I think. Yeah. And then they let him go. Well, right after the next season, which it was 307. So it was above 300 at least. 2021, not so bad. 343. That's that's Rafael Ortega having a good year in garbage time. It just what yep. that is. And then uh, 2022, we all know it sucked again. It was down at 307 again. And that's just not going to be good enough. And that's Rafael Ortega having a bad year. So, you know, you know, so we don't have somebody. So uh, we, we will try to figure out who it, it should be. But I, a little bit more on Dexter Fowler. Um, now, I, I just went a little crazy on Dexter Fowler and leadoff stuff. But uh, check this out. Now, I wanted to see, like, how Fowler did for the Cubs in the playoffs versus how he did for the Cardinals in the playoffs, the years that he was in. And it's magical. You're going to love this. <laughs> okay. Love you, Dexter. Yeah. So, so here's what he's slashing. Dex is slashing for the Cubs in a total of 26 games in the postseason, slashing 259, 292, 463 for a 755 OPS, five home runs, which you're going to, which you love. We one very memorable one to start out game seven of the World Series, of course, one of the greatest moments of Cub fandom, really. Oh, but, here, but so 755 OPS, it's half of that for the Cardinals in 12 games. So it's like half the games, but 366 OPS, he's slashing 128, 196, 170. So, you know, that's like, you know, being a cub twice. <laughs> in yeah, my, it, in my it really was. It was it was a double agent situation going on. So getting back to like, so the Cubs, you know, I get, get told you like the the highest uh, plate appearances for any leadoff hitter in a year is two hundred fifty three. It's Kyle Schwarber. So I was like, oh, is this normal? I wonder what the Cardinals do. Well, it's very different. Very different. Tommy oh, Edmond. Those are five hundreds. Yeah, 565 <laughs> played appearances. Like, he was just in there every day. Matt Carpenter, another one we remember. Tommy Edmond had 400 played appearances in a year. Matt Carpenter, 389, 316. So it's not like they were up there every day. Tommy Edmond was obviously the guy in 2021 to do it. But, like, you know, and I'm not saying that these guys are great. Like, uh, you know, Matt Carpenter had a 418 OBP in 2017. Like that's pretty damn good. But like, other than that, like no Matt Carpenter is the only one that came close to Dexter's numbers. Tommy Edmonds OBP is nothing to be proud of, but I'm just saying they have a guy that goes in there, does it every day and they keep winning the division. That's my only point. Um, the, then I went down this rabbit hole of uh leadoff hitters. Who's the best leadoff hitter. Let, let me ask you who had the best year of any leadoff hitter since 1984, when I pretty much came a, became a Cubs fan, who would oh, you guess? I, I'm not going to answer this because I already looked at it. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. But, I, did Did you look at it, IFG? I did not. So, who do you think had the best year at the plate as a leadoff hitter in the did last it? 30, 40 years? 40 yeah. years in minimum number of plate appearances. Yeah, uh, minimum. Like I think I put 400, maybe. 500 oh maybe I put uh, 500. it's a lot like i'm like they were the guy they let off that was all year you know so schwarber uh, didn't make any list you know because he never had that many right i don't think we've had a, a leadoff hitter other than dexter fowler in the time that i've been a cubs fan so i don't really know the answer all right well let me <laughs> just gonna put it up 
I'm going to put it up because lead off. It's Alfonso Soriano. Okay. 924 OPS uh, in 2007. That was the year the Cubs oh, wow. went to the playoffs and yeah. and didn't work out. But uh, he had a hell of a year. Oh, was, and then oh. and then Fowler. Fowler's the next one down. And it, uh, this is so minimum funny. 500 plate about Soriano. We don't talk about him nearly enough. enough. I mean, he he was with the team, what, six years? And he, you know, was making a ton of money. And for whatever reason, and and I'm guilty of this, like, he just never really became like a memory part of the Chicago Cubs history. But when you look back at the numbers, you're like, man, why weren't we in love with this guy? Yeah. We take him right now. You take Alfonso Soriano batting lead off right now. I'm right here with Clint. I like, I don't like, I love Sori and I just put that Clint no, number uh, thing back. I'm going to read it out loud for the podcast people. Um, I was thinking Soriano, but I felt like I remembered he was in the power role of the lineup. No, that was the knock on it. That was kind of yeah. the knock on it because he, he hit all two, the home from the front. Yeah, look, he also the reason he has a 924 OPS is because he hit 33 home runs in 2007. <laughs> so it's like that's out of the leadoff spot. And like, you know, you're bratting in front of the pitcher felt like kind of a waste. But they did score a lot of runs. They came in first that year. It was a, a heck of a year. A lot of fun. But look at these other names. Brian McRae, Eric Young Sr. <laughs> uh, then you got Dexter Fowler, David DeJesus, who I worked with a couple years ago and uh talk to me a lot about the art of leading off and like the mental skills it takes. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that in the next segment with Mike Waller. Um, uh, but yeah, Eric Young senior makes the list twice. Juan Pierre, Jerome Walton is up there for 1989, his uh, rookie of the year campaign and rounding out the bottom of it um, is Bob Dernier in his two years. And you know, the daily double wasn't all that daily double-ish, <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> He had a 355 um, on base percentage in in uh, in 1984, and that was good for like setting the table, I guess. Good good enough for that moment, but you know he 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 didn't really slug the ball and stuff. He but he was good. The deer stole some bases and uh, 45 stolen bases. I forgot about that in 1984. So that singles as good of a as a double there. So so yeah, we don't really have a leadoff hitter. And then I looked at last year's leadoff. And everybody did it. <laughs> I mean, this is all the guys that batted leadoff, or at least n- not necessarily leadoff, but they en- ended up batting in the first spot. But Rafael Ortega and Christopher Morel, pretty much equal amount of plate appearances, 209 and 204. And then Madrigal McKinstry did it a bunch because he's fast. But, man. But but he's not Ooh. fast enough to steal first base because that's not allowed. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he, actually, he did bring his uh, – I forgot about this. He did bring up his batting average to 232 by the oh. by the end. I mean, we forget – we had really, you know, terrible uh, bias with him being so awful at the beginning of coming to the Cubs that I feel like we didn't realize that he started doing better at some point. But anyway, everybody let off, and it was not good, and the Cubs were uh, – and that's a OBP of 307 last year for them. So, so now, now I want to talk just real briefly about who everybody's pick is for um, leadoff. I, you know, mine's mine's Hap. Um, I'm just going to put up some stats to. I don't think it's ideal, but it's gone well. This is his uh, career stats uh, leading off a game. Um, is uh, he's. 230 he's slashing 239 354 537 oh 892 OPS but the OBP will play um 
you know, not a lot. 79 plate appearances, only leading off a game. Pretty small sample sizes, but he's been he's done well at it. There's that famous, I don't want to call it famous, but when he was down in Miami opening day, he hit the home run to start first the year. Pitch. Yeah, first pitch. Great. And yeah, and then he got sent down. So, yeah, like, and then they got rid of him for months. Furious. Leading off an inning, his numbers are also okay. 326 OBP, 800 OPS. So, um, Hits a lot of leadoff home runs, actually, there. 28 home runs out of the leading off an inning. I don't know if that's a thing or just um, – but this is also um, Hap's order splits, so it's not necessarily ideal because batting first, he doesn't do as well as himself. So it's batting third, he's really good. Batting fifth, he's really good. Eighth and ninth, he's – ninth, he's best, but there's probably some old stats creeping in there because he doesn't bat ninth much anymore, but – you know, it, he definitely feels comfortable buried down at the bottom. And I don't know if that's like a mental skills thing that I'd like to talk about with Mike afterwards, because I do think there's a mental component to leading off. So who's your pick? Sorry, I've been talking for forever. You you were really going. I love it. <laughs> uh, if if this had been the old days when we weren't on camera, I'd have gone and got a beer. <laughs> so he's going to be on this leadoff thing for at least another 10 minutes. No, uh, I'm. I like Saya. Yes. I'm, I'm a Saya guy. He's, you know, I think he's got a. I feel like he might have the mentality to do it. Uh, he does have some pop, but I don't really think he's going to like rock, you know, 30 some homers in a year. You know, he's going to be around that, you know, 20 mark. And, you know, but if he can get the OBP and a batting average up, like, I'm all for it. And your startup and uh yeah. No, I'm for it. What do you think, IFG? I, I see you getting excited about this. Tell us more because you're gonna have actual numbers to back this shit up. I'm I don't have a ton of numbers. I'm not really a numbers guy. I'm just like <laughs> I just like watch things and I'm like, hey, that guy's pretty good at stuff. I don't know. But well, I, th- I think you could eyeball test a thing like the leadoff hitter because it takes I think something so. else. It's, yeah. it's, well, didn't you didn't you have numbers earlier? It's a vibes thing. Well, I have a little bit of numbers. I, I pulled yeah. up his numbers from. I guess uh, that's what I, I was trying to. Yeah. Trying so to I've got his. You're like, I just watch it. I don't know. But <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I I say it all the time. I I watch the, the Premier 12. I watch a lot of international tournaments and I watched the Premier 12 in 2019. And I specifically remember being so impressed watching Say a play that I woke up in the middle of the night all the rest of the tournaments specifically to watch this dude play baseball. And so when I heard he was posted, I was like, holy crap, the Cubs need to get this dude. So that's why, you know, anyway. But if you look at his numbers, um, which you can pull up on npb.jp, um, for the Hiroshima Carport, they're all on baseball reference now, I guess. Um, but in 2021, he led the entire NPB in on base percentage at 433. That'll like, play. That'll play. <laughs> the year before that, it was, you know, a measly 409. Uh, before that, 453. Uh, 438 the year before that. So, like, this wasn't a fluke. He's, like, really good at getting on base. Yeah. Now, and in, in you, you may not know this, but did he uh, bat lead off at all? For these teams or is that just 
I don't know for certain. Um, there were probably speedier guys, but he's also really known for stealing bases too. Like he's a, in in Japan, he was known as totally a five tool player. Like he's got all the stuff. Yeah. He, yeah, he stole nine last year, uh, and with the Cubs, and so did Hap. By the way, they both stole the same amount of bases. I see a lot of people saying Nico in the that chat. That seems to be the winner in the in the chat. Well, I'm, I'm and Nico, Nico would say his OBP is about the same, but Nico stole twenty bases. So if you're thinking like bigger bases, can't throw over, get get a little bit more speed. But you know, there's so much more to stealing bases than being fast. You know, like you yeah, you have to have smart. that. The judgment and Un unless you're super fast, Sorry. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was who was uh, who is that guy? Terrence that, Gore, yeah, Terrence Gore. Gore. That's who He's, I was thinking of. They always God, were getting that one guy. There was a there was a couple guys at the end of the year. There was like there was Terrence Gore, and they who they got like twice, and then there was one other dude that was also like, remember we watched the video of him and he was like jumping over cars and stuff. I forget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, but that uh, Terrence, Gore. Terrence Gore, he's got like three home uh three world series rings because he's just you know the guy you're most likely to grab at the end of the year to steal a base at one time so it should be interesting i just hope that it's not by committee again like maybe you have it like a 200 we've only been complaining about this for i don't know 10 years years <laughs> seven yeah. years i mean even with madden that it, i mean it started really with madden the you know just changing the lineup every single day every single day and i don't think you have to keep the lineup the same every day but having a general idea of where you're hitting stuff i you know again i teeing up for next segment mental skills you know i think that just settles your brain down as to i'm gonna go right after this guy and i'm gonna go right before this guy and we get a, a little feel for that you know yeah the daily double. I mean, that's what I grew up with. You know, you could set your watch by it. It was like Dernier, Sandberg, uh, I think Matthews, Moreland. Like it was, I forget the order, but I used to like dream that order, you know, and I would sit there and play it. Uh, I'm 10, you know, I'd sit there, play it in my head, you know, then Davis, then, you know, <laughs> say, then, you know. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I'm curious to talk about it. I want to talk about it with Mike Waller and, and just want to throw this out there. If you're, wondering if like because cody bellinger can steal a bag he does not lead off it's not his thing he mostly batted fourth to be honest um as in his career trey mancini has mostly batted second he's met, been a little bit lead off but he's platoon anyway so you know uh and then hosmer we won't even discuss just to, no, thank the, you yeah one plate appearance in the leadoff spot it probably was a pitch hit so um yeah. And then the last bit of Cubs news before we get to the to a, a quick commercial. And then is that Mark Leiter Jr. is back. Signed a minor league deal. So <laughs> do a little more pitching depth. They can't hurt. Right. You know, the Cubs just keep trying to get rid of these guys and they just keep coming back. <laughs> They're like, hey, <laughs> they had a good buffet. That's why Saya showed up early. He's like, oh, craft services is awesome. And uh, let's see here. Somebody in the chat had asked for an update on Jackson Frazier. He says Jackson Frazier was going on with him. He uh, actually got signed on with the Texas Rangers. So. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, good luck to him and his and uh, his sneaker collection. <laughs> so, oh, I thought you were going to say his girlfriend or wife. You were in love with her. Isn't that the one? No, that you were in love me? With? No, yeah. <laughs> no, couldn't. That be. doesn't sound like our deal. No, that's not me. 
So, um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick per- commercial break. It's uh, it's a commercial for Patreon. So please join us. Patreon.com slash Sunrance. That's how we keep the lights on here at the podcast. And uh, I, and I'll leave you this with this. Dominic says this is what was going through my head. Dernier, Sandberg, Durham, Davis, Moreland, Matthew, say Boa. There you go. Something like that. So, um, all right. Well, we'll be right back. Um, see you on the flip side with Mike Waller from the Cubs PS Plus podcast. All right. Welcome back. I would like to point out the Patreon prize of this month, which is this fancy dancy South Bend Cubs hat. Mm-hmm. A middle of nowhere. No, no, sorry. Middle of the friendly confines. Cubs shirt and a uh, a pop socket. <laughs> it's a good, nice. it's a little Myrtle Beach Pelicans uh, pop socket. Then you can put it on the back of your phone. Your kids will love it. Um, so, uh, oh, and also I want to point out that we are giving away the Amazon prize of the month for those of you that shop through our Amazon link at sunranto.com slash stuff. Um, we, we will try to give away this uh, really cute little water bottle. Uh, we tried last time. Remember somebody with a dog leash one and they never claimed their prize i guess they didn't they got embarrassed because we kept making fun of that it was for being used for no you know what that means the next person gets two of them (gasps) (laughs) no that's not what that means it means that i get one that's what it means (laughs) we're just it just keeps building double it give it to the next guy double it give it to the next guy Uh, so um all right 857,000 little baseball dude water bottles oh i've got 12 so that's <laughs> that's as much as we could do i'm setting three to my nieces so we got nine this is really what we got so um well uh without further ado i want to bring on our guest uh he's from the cubs ps plus podcast and he had it and he is actually one of our uh main supporters our super ranter uh a super ranter galore if you will. Uh, Mr. Mike Waller's got an awesome uh, show from the Cubs PS Plus. Welcome to the Sun Ranto show, my friend. Hello. Thanks for having me in. Yeah. I, I like your look at his fancy uh, microphone thing. I love we it. We don't have those. We don't have I'm not logos. Even on YouTube yet, but I'm you're, ready. Yeah, you're ready, yeah, for, you you're ready for prime time here, Mike. <laughs> that so. is nice. I like that logo. What are we doing? I'm going to put some like duct tape up here and just write Sun Ranto on it. <laughs> Meanwhile, our logo is a st- is literally a stick figure that Michael drew. <laughs> like eight seconds. So I don't know. We're, we're, we, we need some of your professionalism, uh, you know, Mike, because we, we could learn from you. And I did learn from you. Um, I'd like to play uh, real quick. I, I You threw this out on TikTok. Uh, just a little part of your interview uh, with David De Silva about yeah. uh, David Bodie's Immaculate Grand Slam. That's what it was called, right? The Immaculate Grand Slam. Yep. Um, so here, let me play this real quick. Blessed to be in the you know, watching that game and such a remarkable demonstration to me of being present. Really, um, for different players, they can put more worth on a situation, and obviously, there could be more value to a situation at the end of their career, at the beginning of their career, at the end of their contract. So again, it goes back to what's their mindset they have and teaching them the ultimate goal, really. And again, going back to something mentioned before, paying attention to the right thing at the right time, regardless of the situation. What that really is, is being in the zone, creating the, this, creating the mindset 
of just being able to let go non-judgmentally enjoy that situation not think of what you did in the past not foresee what happens in the future and i think david did that extremely well in that situation um to his credit there's a lot of failure behind yeah that that home run from david bowie earned him six million dollars <laughs> <laughs> it really did because i mean he, that's the only thing he really ever did you know um well he 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 did that a couple of times late in the game though yeah i remember some big spots for, for yeah. yeah yeah exactly so so mike uh you had this uh, it's an hour-long conversation with david de silva and I, I found it really fascinating and you kind of in um inferred to me that it's something the mental skill side of the game is something that is very personal to you and uh and that it's something that you're particularly interested in so i was wondering if you could just kind of like fill me in on where your intersection is with uh the mental skill side of baseball yeah i'd love to so um, i played high school baseball really badly so i had i didn't have skills so i had to be smarter you know i had to know where the ball is going because i wasn't going to throw it to the right spot um i think building on that too i think we all have in our careers good times and bad times. And we go through stretches where life seems to throw a bunch of shit at us and um, we can't handle it. And then now that I have kids, all three of my kids have played baseball. Two of them are pretty serious about it. And I watched my oldest go through getting cut seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade before making varsity. And he wound up actually starting as a starting pitcher on senior day. And I've got a, my youngest now is battling and he's got some performance anxiety. He's battled through being kind of afraid of the ball for a while, but he's get, getting through that. I had a couple coaches that we found that really focused on the mental side. And so I've coached a lot too. And that's something, you know, how do you get everything from, how do you get like a nine-year-old to actually pay attention and concentrate and listen to what you're saying? But also how do you take that kid that wants to be better, but is frustrated and every single time they screw anything up, you know, it's, it's a meltdown or they, they're telling themselves they suck. So, um, Watching baseball, we see these young kids come up. We see, on the one hand, we see Christopher Morrell come up and just like light the world on fire in his first at bat, and we're all totally in love. Um, and then we see guys, I mean, Hap did it. He came up, got off to a good start, saw him go back down to the minors, have to grind for another few months before getting another shot. Schwarber did it too. There's just so much that goes into this. And I really got the idea for this episode when I was talking back. Well, I'll, I'll back up one step further. I mean, in my own life, Last spring, I was really burnt out at the job that had been great, wasn't so great anymore. And so I just decided to quit and take some time off. And that's what got me into this podcast to start with. So mental skills kind of got me here anyway. But I was talking to Mark Weissman in an episode I did, I think in November. He's the strength and conditioning coach for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. And Michael, you might remember him from being an Iowa running back. Um, so I was talking to him and it, he was talking about what the mental skills coaches do for the whole program. So right now the Cubs have two mental skills coordinators and David De Silva is one of them. And they spend time with players. He talked about it in my podcast. They get time with every player at least once a month. And they also work with the local coaches. So they give everybody a battery of things to work on and, and tools to use. And I thought that David would be a really interesting interview. So I reached out and he was willing to do it and very gracious with his time. And I thought we had a really good discussion. Yeah, David yeah. Elliott brings up in the chat. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. He really was, and not a baseball guy. He played soccer, 
and he was intrigued by the grind and mental aspect of baseball because it really is such a still game mm -hmm. that you have to be so focused as you stand there very still waiting for something to happen, <laughs> whether it be a, a pitch or, or a, a swing or a ball or coming straight, straight at your face. So. Yeah, but, you know, Pink has had a great question, though, that we need to address. Is this British Rossi? He's, he's South African Rossi. Yeah, he's South, South African Rossi. Okay. Yeah, it, I was thinking like one thing weird about the South uh, South African accent is it does sound closer to English or Australian. And I think about how how far the American accents, all of them have come from that accent, whereas like they're just as far away, but they maintain a British kind of sound, at least to my ear. Well, it's a funny story. When I got on with him before we went live on the mic, I'm making sure I have his name correct and some other things. I was validating he was from South Africa and he was very happy. I didn't say he was from Australia. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually the, the thought I had. I thought he was Australian. So uh, one interesting thing that kind of, you know, to me, there's there's a certain sort of like buzzword quality to all these kind of in some ways, mm -hmm. like you can feel a little pop psychology to me. If I was going to throw a little criticism at it, like I, I wrote down something process versus outcome, um, proactive versus reactive, um, uh, being in the moment. Um being in the zone. I mean, these are things that I've pretty much said all my life, like as an artist and like, uh, and I know what they're talking about. Like when I'm like on stage playing guitar and I'm singing and like, I almost like can transcend my own abilities and not really know how I'm doing it. I'm mm -hmm. just able to, to do things because I'm in the zone. But if I'm sitting there thinking about, what I have to do and, Oh, I'm going to fuck up the lyrics and Oh, I'm, you know, I was a little flat on that last note and Oh, my string is broken on my guitar. Like these things can like, you know, ruin your time, you know, to the point where you're just up there with a headache and you just want to go <laughs> and get off the stage and cut the last three songs. I've been in both of those situations. And so like, to me personally, like I understand what that performance means, but doesn't it also just mean like, just shut up and do your job and don't worry about it. I mean, it like, so I almost like kind of dumb it down to that point for myself. Cause if I'm sitting there like with like, like weird, like Ziggy cartoons from junior high, you know, or, or a cat with hang in there poster or something. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think so I'm a lot, I think I'm a lot the same way. It's like, you know, it's the motivational poster speak is nice and all, but what's my action item? Like, what am I supposed to be doing here that makes the thought better? Yeah. And I would love to talk to him again and hopefully I will in the future. Cause I want to pull him. I was trying to pull him out of that to some extent, but there were a couple times where I think he did step out. At one point he was talking about, he, they work with the players to understand from like zero is comatose and 10 is you just hit a walk-off slam to win the world series freaking out. Where are you? And every guy has their baseline. So like Kyle Hendricks is probably always a two or a three if things are going well. Christopher Morrell, Javi Baez, their baseline is probably more like seven, eight, nine. And he said that they often talk to players and ask the coaches to talk to the players, like asking, where are you now? And if a player says they're a four and they're usually at a seven, then they have given them strategies, try to figure out how to fire themselves up or, or you know, get your mind back into the game to that way and it might be more important on the other end if you're usually a kyle Hendricks level three and all of a sudden your heart's racing and you're at eight like you you do some breathing he did talk about a player in uh double a i think who came into a game and just 
like wasn't feeling it that and i think this guy actually needed to get amped up but david was there on site that day just happened to be and so walked him through the dugout and gave him some breathing exercise to work on to get him where he needed to be and it worked and i think i think really the biggest thing with all of this is i mean we've, we've all seen the natural right with the sports psychiatrist losing his disease it's as it's as contagious as syphilis and you know that mind-numbing just over and over routine stuff um i really think they try to give the players a whole suite of things and they're supposed to pick out the things that work for them and i i think he did say a couple times throughout that and i've seen this in my own life people can tell me how to do something or go through a routine and like whatever i can do this until i screw it up and then think you know you know maybe if i'd have gone through the routine this would have worked out better um so i think they try to give them those over and over again um they have also brought older players back to talk to the younger players about it, get some buy-in with it. Um, I guess the other thing that stood out to me is I was asking him, you know, baseball traditionally is such a superstitious sport. There's rituals, you know, you got to pull your batting gloves out eight times every time you step out of the box. And I asked him about routine versus ritual versus superstition. And they know they have to deal with versus OCD, like Nomar, like Nomar (laughs) would lose his goddamn mind out there. Yes. And to some extent, you can't take that out because that, in some cases, that gets a player into their comfort zone. And if he doesn't, if Nomar doesn't undo the batting gloves eight times, he doesn't feel ready to go. But he, the one thing he did keep coming back to is he really tried to work with the players to understand the pieces that they could control. Everything else, if there's a superstition or you know dirty socks that you wear on a hit, hitting streak, like the socks aren't making you hit in 12 games straight. But if there's something mental that has you walking up to the plate positive and confident in what you're doing, then maybe there is a little bit of residual value, but there's nothing inherent about the socks. There is value that. because the catcher can smell your feet. And exactly. he's like, <laughs> fastball, he's, get him out of here. Yeah, throws, yeah, let's I mean, throw, it, throws, throws him off his game. It's valuable in as much as it makes you comfortable and it makes you feel good. So, go, And it's not hurting anything, so go ahead and keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. But and, he, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that I asked him because all this stuff made me think of because we had John Baker on the show, who was the mental skills coordinator for the Cubs for a bunch of years. And also uh, now he works for the Pirates as a farm director. So listening to your podcast, I told him that I just listened to David De Silva on a podcast. I texted him and I had a few questions of like how long has this been part of this game? And it seemed like to me a somewhat new position. And he said the Cubs did it in 2014 is when they started their program. And Madden kind of was screwing around with the Ken Revisa, you know, uh, who had written a bunch of books about like mental skills in baseball. And, um, and he said, and then after that, everybody copycatted. So I don't know how much of necessarily of a, of an edge teams are getting over other teams because he said, I go, does everybody have one of these skills, mental skills departments now? And he's like, yes, they do. They all have it. And I'm probably, you know, just like anything else, varying degrees of success based on the talent of the people that you have running your department. But it is sort of a new thing. And then I got to wondering, and let let me put this question out for you. I mean, does this, is this just another thing that's kind of separating players out? Like, because you know, the big dumb guy just, you know, go up there, hit it, you know, or John Lester. Uh, I don't need no mental skill. I, I'm tough up here. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to pitch it. I don't want to listen to this guy. I'm not doing guided meditations. I'm not oming. You know, I'm not, you know, doing any of that stuff that, that maybe they want you to do because they 
whatever they think it's you know uh granola or whatever in that way Mm -hmm. but is that gonna now because this is such a big part of the game is that going to separate out like even more so like players that don't do that you know that aren't receptive to that well you can't be on the team now because you don't meditate with us and cold hands and sing kumbaya in the (laughs) locker room you know i mean i'm taking to the extreme but i'm just it's just something i thought of and and i don't know if that's the case uh you know but i guess anything's possible i mean he was talking about trying to meet the players where they are he also spent a lot of time talking about what they do like in the dominican in venezuela when they've got these camps that teenagers are in there and he talked about getting the the new draftees you know the high school kids that just get drafted the college kids probably already had some level of this in their college program certainly if they played for top programs they did um but he made it seem like it was more of we're trying to give them a tool set and we want to give them all the things they might need and not force anybody in like they are who they are you're not going to change john lester and if john lester came up today he's probably still john lester and he may take some mental skills from the package that they give, but yeah, he's probably still going to be old school. He's probably not going to do yoga every, every other day. Um, but I think there is some value in presenting it to them consistently and having it show up over time. And so they always have this. And he, another interesting segment he had was I talked about injury and I use Brennan Davis as, as an example. Cause I mean, Brennan Davis has worked his whole life to be a major league baseball star and with the back injury last year, the potential setback in the fall, you know, not only was last year just a wash. Now nobody knows if he's going to come up this year. And he was talking about the injury prevention. And he said with Brennan Davis, I think his direct quote was Brennan carries himself like a big leaguer and already sees himself as a big leaguer. And he's been through injuries before. So this has not been necessarily, I mean, there's always a mental battle, but this has not been catastrophic for Brennan Davis. Um, but he says a lot of times you get an injury and maybe it's a pitcher or um, you get the kid. It, it can be a first injury. Maybe the first time you have a shoulder problem and you have to sit down um, and talked about how sometimes the mental skill is actually, Hey, just back off, you know, trying to get back too soon is going to cause more problems. Ramping up the workouts too early is going to cause problems. And so those kinds of things, those new experiences for players um, first time you get passed in the system, you know, everybody can, comes in and talks about, you know, they all see themselves as big leaguers from the point they're drafted. Right. I mean, these are type a competitors and they go at it. Um, and at some point you're going to hit that first stall, you know, maybe not if you're Chris Bryant, you sort of breeze through everything, but everybody else is, even well, if you race to the big leagues, well, he's hitting I, it in, in Colorado. Well, that's true. That's, that's true. His, yeah. It's his first real big stall is out there. Well, and, and that's kind of a great point because we've all seen people that have been stalled and, and his career has been stalled by injuries. And mm-hmm. there's no I think there's no doubt about that. And being able to bat. And so everybody says he's made a glass and, you know, he's obviously not like, geez, I got hit once with a pitch. I'd still be laying there. <laughs> but but, you know, he's but what I'm saying is like he has not been able to battle back from these injuries. And there's some guys like, you know, Anthony Rizzo's out there looking like he's like got a side of beef, like hanging <laughs> off of hanging off of his ankle and it's like is that your foot dude like <laughs> they take you to the butcher shop and have that thing hacked off and serve it um but it's like you know but some people can pay, play through pain and it is such an individual thing and when i started thinking about it as individually like i think about even just the four of us sitting here right now like sometimes like when i start this show like it's live you know there's a bunch of people watching i i sweat 
like I get like the nervous sweats sometimes. And I, and you could probably tell that I'm like amped up now. Sometimes like I'm a person that likes to run when we're doing something live, when I'm going, I like to run it like a nine, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I like to run that hot, you know, I get a lot of energy from it. You know, I'm not one that's going to sit back and, you know, just listen to people and, and just like be calm. <laughs> you know, I'm just not like, it's just not my style, but, uh, but you know, that's so for me, like I want, I want a little upper, you know, like, you know, I want to get going, you know, to do the show. If I, you know, you guys probably prepare a little bit differently, you know, it, sometimes I need to calm myself down from a 10, Mike, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, I'll be like, Ready, ready to go on ready to go on the show and i'm like eating a cheeto and then i run around <laughs> and i like and i stretch my leg and then i'm like you know oh, I, I need another drink oh i forgot this and i'm totally scatterbrained and i need to take that moment to to focus to come on here and make some sense and to you know be willing to listen and to give energy and receive it and all these things you know and i think we all find this like i, I don't know what's your I, i'm looking I'm the other way to prepare <laughs> I'm the other way. So I'm yeah. I I I'm all I'm always rolling into this show nice and easy. I just you know I I know I watched the team. I figured it out. <laughs> Why? What do you do, IFG? Me, I uh, I deal with um, major anxiety uh, and uh, major dep- or I sorry generalized anxiety and uh, major depression. Um, so I'm on a small cocktail of medications to sort of help balance myself out. And, uh, by the time I, you know, get ready for the show, I'm sort of winding down for the day. I tend to be really, you know, sort of up and, and happy about things when I'm happy about things. Um, I, I don't really do things in half measures. Uh, so the treatment plan that I'm on is sort of to help balance that out a little bit. You, you know, what's funny. IFG is. Uh, I was, I had been dealing with the, you know, the anxiety and the depression for years. The only time I was good was during the show. <laughs> it was the only time. It like, helps. It, it helps because it, it, it gives you something to focus on that isn't the weasels that are spinning in your head. That's, um, that's uh, being in shows too. That's being in musicals. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and then I would have, I'd be out till five in the morning after doing a show, you know, because I'd be so amped up and I'd get back and I'd be like, the sun's coming up and I'm like, I got to go to bed. I got a matinee. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice to have the pressure of a performance to take away from the pressure of the internal stuff and i think i think a lot of people who are involved in different forms of entertainment and show business are the same way we use drugs i mean that's the thing it's like judy garland you judy garland out you take your uppers you take your downers you know and you you get through the show i mean now at least i've like graduated to yerba mate at this point but it wasn't always like this um mike like what like when you go went on to to interview david like what was your i mean you know you're prepared. Like what's your mm-hmm. process? Just curious. So I think I'm, everybody has a process. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm naturally a pretty chill guy. I'm pretty laid back. And, and I found my first couple episodes when I started doing the podcast, I didn't, I was aiming too much for perfection. You know, I do an edited show so I can go back and I can cut things and I can re-record things. And I, first so two episodes, too. yeah, the, fir- <laughs> the first two episodes I, I was, really I was it. trying to cut out every, um, and like, it just, it, it just wasn't natural speech. And so I found that I had to get comfortable with what I was going to talk about. I can still botch something and put a silence in and, and you know edit it out. But um, I'm trying to make myself go more and more off a 
like a shell of a script as opposed to a script because I will fall back on just reading it. Um, so I try to make sure I've got all my numbers in front of me and, and all that kind of thing. But this is doing this live. This is really cool that I've done four or five interview shows. Those are some of my favorites because you just have to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I noticed in your show, Mike, is that, you know, it's, it, you're, you're by yourself and I do baseball mm-hmm. rabbit hole by myself. I absolutely, I script 100%. Everything that I say on that, I have written because it's hard to do when you're doing it alone, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I know you've had some interviews and stuff like, and you know, and you're on here, you're doing good. Like what is, I mean, I, I guess maybe explain a little bit of how you deal with it being alone versus talking to somebody. It's a little bit of pressure. I mean, I, I, I can't divert anything to anybody else. Um, if something gets screwed up, it's a hundred percent mine. It's, it's my idea. It's my content. I'm the one speaking. I do the audio production. So that is both kind of fun and exhilarating. And it's also some pressure. Um, I went through my first episode or two. I tried to work for more of an outline. Then for about five or six episodes, I did script 100%. Well, what I like about your episode is it's got an angle or about your podcast. It has an angle and that you kind of have a more of a stats slant to things. And it, it, you know, it's not just like, oh, let's talk about the Cubs. Like you have a certain perspective that you're intersecting at the team with. And I, I find it uh, kind of refreshing that, you know, almost like a bullpen has specializations. <laughs> Cubs podcast should have specializations. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you could be the, uh, you know, the, the stats Cubs stats podcast will be the, the jester podcast <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then everybody, and then we'll have everybody in between. Um, and finding a niche is not easy. I mean, I, I don't have, I'm not one of the beat writers, so I can't do what say Cubs talk was doing or what Ryan Herrera does, or, you know, some of those people who are in the locker room every day. Um, I don't have a million Cubs connections. I'm starting to get connected with a few people. Um, I don't do a daily, it's not daily content. I'm not responding to every game. So it is my thoughts, but I do also try to bring myself into it. I remember the Field of Dreams game. Uh, My dad passed away last spring, and he was so excited the year before watching the Field of Dreams games. I grew up in Iowa, just north of Des Moines, and he loves everything about the Field of Dreams. So I was able to come in and talk about how that was my parents' favorite baseball movie and kind of bring a personal side to that, then talk about the coolness of the game. Um, Now in the offseason, there aren't a ton of stats to talk about. I mean, I've talked about Dansby and some of the acquisitions, but – I'm trying to bring in some different guests. And that's kind of where David De Silva came in. You know, I brought in Mark Weissman to talk about strength and conditioning and bring in David De Silva to talk about, um, you know, mental skills. I'm working on, um, there's a hitting coach here that's worked with my kids that played in the Rockies organization that I had on the fall, Chris Vasami. Um, he and I are working on an episode about power that we'll have in sometime. Very cool. Three or four weeks, but shouldn't bring something a little bit different that maybe I don't hear other places. Yeah. Well, that's what I dig about it. It's just like, cause you can't know everything. And, um, it, it's, and I like the fact, and everybody's kind of always saying the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I was texting. You've already me. taken my podcast. I was going to record tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Well, it, it's funny. Cause, uh, Crawley, uh, and I were texting back and forth, uh, former host of this show and oftentimes, uh, hosts of the show. Uh, he, uh, he told we were he's like damn it he's like chuggo's going every day it's impossible to do the show because uh you know that they're talking they already talked about everything and i'm like 
Like, who cares? We're not the news. Everybody already <laughs> talked about everything. It's all talked about on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook mm-hmm. and on and on every, you know, it's We've all, all about- talked about it to each other. We're just going to talk about it again. It's yeah. fine. And, and then guess what? We're going to go on Discord after and we're going to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't I mean, matter. We will be bitching about Sammy Sosa not coming back for- Another twenty years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, I've, I got no shortage of things to bitch about, <laughs> but I really don't. Um, but no, I really, I, I want everybody to to check it out because I know it's a it's pretty new podcast. You about like got what 30, 40 episodes out? Uh, twenty five actually. Twenty five. Okay. Yep. Cool. Well, yeah, everybody should check it out. Uh, one of the thing that I, you know, I want to thank you for your support, of course, with the Sun Ranto Show. You're one of our biggest supporters at uh, Patreon, and I love uh, the show. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I love your show, too. And so we'll definitely have you back on at some other point. Um, Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk about things that we're too lazy to look up. <laughs> I need really... to get on the live show more. I can fill cotton in with statistics. Yeah. There you yes. Go. Do that. <laughs> or, you know, you or bring in sad if you so ever can just be like adorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you ever I mean, if you ever just come across something interesting and you want to, you know, yeah, let us on, know about come on the show. Let us know. Come right on. Come right on the show and tell us about how Soriano was way better than we ever thought. <laughs> <laughs> Just not in 2009. That's what killed it all. Yes. Oh yeah. So uh, well, we're gonna. Uh, th- thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Yeah, uh, everybody, listen me. to the podcast, and um, when I have you on again, we're gonna play another commercial break, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about. We're gonna do a little good, bad, and the ugly. Um, Mike, and, you got to give us a spagog on the way out, though. Yeah, yeah, you must. You must do I do you, that? You must right now. You gotta spagog us. Spagog. There you go. Right, we'll <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sun Ranta show. And thanks to Mike Waller from the Cubs PS Plus podcast. Um uh, everybody check that out. We have talked a lot of Cubs baseball today. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like we're a baseball podcast. That's weird. Um, so uh, sound like us. Yeah, it does not. Um, we are wearing baseball clothes, though. We're all wearing Cubs gear, at least. You know, this we're this right here. By the way, this is a Hayward uh, hoodie. My wife got it for like two dollars at the <laughs> at, at a thrift store. Man, nice, I'm loving it. Um, so. Uh, we just had a commercial for sunranto.com slash stuff, formerly sunranto.com slash Amazon. We had to sw- switch it for legal reasons. Um, Clint Nathan, who I just saw in the chat, is on his second bottle of wine. Congratulations. I- I'm going to catch up with you in a little bit when we get over to Discord, when we start shooting the shit over there. Um, says, hell yeah, Waller. Yeah, it's true. I agree. So uh, we do a contest every single month for people that do shop through our Amazon link at sunrancher.com slash stuff. Um, all you got to do is fill your cart, click on uh, one of our Amazon links at sunrancher.com slash stuff, and then check out like you normally would. And we get a little kickback. And uh, these are the people that, uh, oh, Carrie noticed IFG with a wardrobe change. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so uh, here's not a lot. I mean, people probably pretty... Uh, uh, tapped out from Christmas and the holidays and everything. So there were only a total of 32 items ordered through sunranto.com slash stuff. Uh, last, <laughs> last week or last month, I should say it was uh, the dog chain that won. And now you see somebody has bought a, a pooper scooper. <laughs> so I wonder if it's the same people also a 
Houston Astros 2022 World Series champions patch. So that's a little weird. For- what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, and they're using and they're using your link. What? Yeah, and they're yeah they get and um so anyway we got uh, Dr. Scholl's uh, freeze away skin tag removers eight treatments so good luck. With- I like the bowling ball towel because somebody is loving the winter life, uh, going bowling and stuff. You get that little bowling ball towel and you just. I don't know what it does. It, it slicks your ball up. I don't know. It just looks cool when you it got a big cool. heavy ball and a towel and you rock it back and forth. Sir. <laughs> I did notice there's another dog related item, uh, dog related item. Number 11, a six pack of dog fence batteries for invisible fence. Michael, with all your fence issues over the years, you ever think about getting an invisible fence? Like, it seems like that one might not break on you. Uh, I had one, Danny. And, <laughs> Um, there you know i i (laughs) i I had one and then my dog would just keep running through it and then he got like a sore on his neck and uh, yeah it was it was terrible so i had to get rid of it and you know get a regular fence that just kept getting blown over (laughs) exactly just let your dog run free damn it So um, I, I'm going to share this number picker wheel and how this works is that uh, there's 32 slots on the wheel. Um, they all correspond to one of those 32 prizes or 32 um, items that were ordered. And um, the and you'd have to come forward and then you win that cute little uh, water bottle with that cub man. So here we go. I'm giving we it a spin. betting on this. I'm betting on uh, 24. Okay. I'm going 23. Ryan Sandberg. 21. So let's let's see what 21 is. Um, all right, so I'll remove that and then I, I got you just ate she has like an entire cake. <laughs> She's like <laughs> eating with a fork. So the 21, it, the winner is the ultra thick body wipes for adults bathing 12 pack. You are the winner of IFG's cake. <laughs> so- Wait, what was that? It was it was an adults bathing. It's the uh, adult ultra thick body wipes for adults bathing. So it's like body wipes. Oh, okay. You win this cute little water bottle of this little Cubs guy. So just uh, send me a DM at Sunranto on Twitter or Sunranto uh, at Sunranto at Gmail dot com. And um, and you, and uh, next, uh, you can also get a slice of IFG's cake. That is an entire <laughs> cake you're seriously eating right now. That is <laughs> That's what I'm so, so I happened to be at the grocery store when I found out that today <laughs> is National Catcher's Day. Mm. That seemed like a good enough excuse for a cake. So we, hell yeah. Love you. Happy Catcher's Day. You may share my cake if you can get here. <laughs> if you can get to Seattle. Um, <laughs> so a- anyway, thank you uh, for everybody that shops at sunrancho.com slash stuff. Uh, you win. Um, so uh, we're going to do a little good, bad, and ugly. This is a thing we do every now and again, except we where we usually do Cubs gear. But this time we decided to judge Cubs logos throughout history. We each picked a good, a bad, and an ugly. And... Um, IFG, why don't you put up your graphic? I don't know where you where you yeah, put it yeah, here. Let's find it's that. you got oh I see it. I, I'll put it up. Okay. Here we go. Here's go. here's what we picked. Um so maybe we can explain these. Um 
Mine are all of the, hey, slap a bear on it, persuasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you've got, what, what's that first one? It's a blue so, sea with, I call it the kangaroo cub, which he's like, he's standing on his hind legs, he's holding a bat, and he's got a kangaroo face. He does not look like a bear. It's so, adorable. It's what, from like, what year I, I think it's like 1910 to 1917 or something like that. Um, and, and it's lovely. It was on their throwbacks at the Field of Dreams game, I think, wasn't it? I believe it was. Uh, the the bear was in the red uh, sort of pointy sea. Oh, in the pointy sea. Okay. Yeah, that's, I think, later. Um, but no, man, I just love this logo. It's It's... Symmetric. It does what it says on the tin. It lets you know these are the Chicago Cubs. It's uh, aesthetically pleasing. It matches with everything. You can put it in all the colors. And the bear stands well enough on his own. Unlike the guy in the middle, where it's not really terribly evident that he's a bear at all. Looks a little <laughs> bit like an angry orangutan in the middle of a, a, just some random C from your homework assignment. I'm, I'm glad that so this is funny. Um, so IFG and I both had the same. I I had uh, a slightly different variation of her good as my good. Yes, then, you just had like the bear from I think twenty seven or uh, nineteen seventeen or something. Or right, 14. and then you know, but this one you have in the middle of this bad. I really hated it. It was it was one of my uglies. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out where to put it. I just, you know, I went with the one that I did. But you and I have the same eye for this because all three of yours are ones that I absolutely would have picked. Well, yeah, the the um, if I can explain your bad here. First of all, the C is red, which, you know, Cubs are blue. And I really like the navy blue of your good. Like, that is a great color. Like you said, you can dress that up. And I personally call this questionable-looking questionable bear with a baseball over his head, I call it monkey taking a shower because he <laughs> looks, like, he's, looks like he's doing his hair a little yeah. bit. So, so yeah, and your, that was from like the forties, right? Something like I didn't even look. I was like, "What? This is ridiculous looking." I, don't I think know. it might be a little more thirties. Like it's, it's a Great Depression bear. They couldn't afford blue. <laughs> Great Depression bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the you one that I have on the baseball. end. The one on the end here that I have for my ugly is uh, it's one of those like hand drawn or hand embroidered uh, bears, but it's it's on it, it's on like this yellow coat of arms, and I've only ever seen it on baseball cards, and it just looks like like you don't look at that and you think this these are the Chicago Cubs. It's brown and yellow and a shield. None of these things are in any way related to the Cubs in any way whatsoever. See, and it's it, not even pretty. I don't see that as a shield. I see that as a wall mount. Somebody killed that bear and <laughs> mounted his head on the wall. That's what that looks like to me. I, I call this one the Eddie Munster because he's got <laughs> he's got the widow's peak, but is like but the widow's peak's like going off to one side. Like it's not even a well done widow's peak. Like the perspective's all wrong. Like it's obviously the person that drew this did not go to art school. I mean, you know, there were no Matt cameras back then, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So they're very good choices, I I think. Um yeah, I've only seen that one at on baseball cards too. So Michael, why don't you give me uh give me some of yours? Like what you're good. 
I like this good. That's that's the 84, right? That it, it is the 84. Uh they actually started it in 79. It went like 79 to 94. But uh yes, this is the the logo that they had when I truly became a Cubs fan and it just always holds a special place in my heart. I generally if I see something with that on it, that's what I'll buy. Uh Yeah, that's then, the the blue bear. Now, I think that bear kind of looks angry. As well, I call it like, the drunk raccoon. Well, it's not as angry <laughs> as the '94 bear. The '94 bear is like pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. The, they still the, use a, a version of that one in South Bend, right? Yeah, yes, they do. It's the South Bend one now. Uh, yeah, but you're right, Danny. I think this bear is a little bit angry, a little bit peeved. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with that though. Like you kind of got to have a little that'll focus a man. You know, like that'll focus a bear. I'll tell you that much. You don't want an angry bear coming at you. And, you know, I, just, I want my team to be a little angry, but I'll, I'll get to that when I tell you my good. Yeah. So then um, we go to my bad and uh, it's the current logo. The they call it the target. Um, and I actually have two of them up there because <clears throat> this that one with the thin blue circle around it versus the thicker blue circle. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not really much different. They're both just kind of the same thing. That has been the Cubs logo since the 1950s. And it's time. I'm done with it. Like, let's do something else. They, I they, don't know. I feel like you, that one's going to stay forever because it's yeah, I don't just think we're getting rid of it at already point. been there forever. I mean, well, exactly. But it's there like, are Cubs so go many when we look at these when when i was looking at them there are so many different variations and so many things that they have done but then like this one they're just like we're just going to keep this for the next because it's simple it's super years. simple and yeah i think there's no way you're getting rid of that I, but i I, know, I do agree. it's boring i i agree that it's it's like go cubs go like we're just stuck with it forever and that's not just how it's going to be Yep. And then, you know, then my last one, I think that was like, this is like 1948. It's a, the bear head is very similar to the bear head that IFG had. Uh, it's got the widow's peak and everything. Uh, but this is terrible as a logo. It's kind of orange. It's a bear head and right under it, it's got cubs in script with like a, I know it's probably supposed to be red, but it's like a, an orangey red. Yeah. It looks terrible, and when you put both of those things together, from a distance, you wouldn't be able to see either one of them. You would just be like, there's a blue and orange blob on that jersey over there. You could easily think that was like an actual Chicago Bears football logo Once again, versus it, it was, the Cubs. It was, it was right after the war, and they had to send all the red to, uh, to rebuild Germany. <laughs> and uh, and so that we only had orange for a while. I mean, oh, well, just, okay, Danny, you, you might be right. Like, Maybe they didn't want to go with red because it was a communist color. It looks like the title <laughs> page of a children's book from the nineteen forties. Yeah. Oh, no wonder they're right. That's no wonder exactly they sucked. It. It you can't is go a, up there looking all cute. Little children's book. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Danny. Look at the Chicago Cubbies. They're going to get together and play a sports. Yeah. Danny's got <laughs> some interesting choices here because. Uh, you're good. You'll have to explain it, but I know I saw a lot of people like in the discord and different places 
that would have had that as a bad or an ugly. Oh, I know. Well, they people are calling it the angry badger. They said it looks like the Wisconsin logo, which I get. Like I, I, I agree with that. But I, I just like that he's the most ferocious of all the bears. You I know, agree. Uh, uh, I love and, this bear. And he's Great. got he's got teeth. And like maybe if they like, you know, made him look a little bit. I mean, it's too late. Like what's done is done. You know, this is the nostalgic logo. But this was the logo during World War Two. And I just feel like that's everybody's mood at the time. Like, let's get a little freaking uh, tenacious here. Let's like bite some opponents like they weren't very good then either. But uh, well, 45, they made it. So um, anyhow, and it, I mean, it's and on it, the freaking Mars. Yeah. And the, and the face is already <laughs> on Mars. So like it's exactly the, the same thing. But this face, this bear face is on no gear. None. Yeah, it's super hard to find. You're right. Yeah. And so I uh, texted Billy DeVore um, and I was like, hey, because he's got in the clutch t- uh, T-shirts and he works there and they don't have um, the team license, but they said they can do parody. So if anybody can think of a really good parody to do with Ang- Angry Badger, it's been called in the chat. If anybody can think of a good parody, I would just think and call it just put Angry Badger. And just call it a day and then just show up at the game and let people infer what I'm going with. They could literally just instead of it being brown, because this is another logo that went with the brown bear. They could make that blue. You know, and then it'd be different, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of like it brown. Like it feels like a real bear. Like it's really going to come out and bite you. That's kind of what <laughs> yeah. I like about and he's it. He's into the realism of this ferocious I, bear. I am. <laughs> no, because it's time again, everybody. Here, I'm going to take this down so you see I'm serious. It is time again. <laughs> Do you remember how I was in Looked 2015? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how I was in 2015? And I was like, we need to step on some necks. Like, you know, you got the guys showing up at spring training early. Like, you know, it's time to start like revving up some en- engines because this team has the capability of doing better because they're the Cubs and are and we fans are behind them in a very tenacious fashion. I think we should get we, we had a couple years of sucking. We all sat in 1940 club and got drunk with Crawley. That was fun. We had a good time. So, But now it's time to get serious again and be like the tenacious bitey bear. That's all I'm saying. But, oh, so, there you go. That's it's bitey, bitey bear. bear. <laughs> bitey bear. <laughs> oh my gosh, bitey bear. Write um, that down. Yeah, please do because I will forget because I. That's how my brain works. So and then all right. So here's my a uh, bad. My bad. <laughs> I call this. I, mean, I call it the hippo, and it's inside of a bear's. Uh, this is from. Did I write down what year this is from? I did not. Yeah. Oh no, the- I did. It's 1916. Um, through no, just 1960. They only made it one year, and thank God, because it's terrible. It is the Bears slash Reds type of C, which I'm fine with. I know the Cubs used to use that. I'm fine, fine with that being. But inside is a hippopotamus. <laughs> yeah, I cannot see <laughs> it. Really is a hippo. Somebody and, just sawed the horns off of a moose and stuck yeah, it on you, a. You called it the though. moose. I see that too. Yeah, I'm with you. It's the the moose hippo. Not a fan. 1916. I mean, once again, the war years. They couldn't afford good logo people. They're all in <laughs> trenches. <laughs> we in have got to update this logo now. Yeah. Like, sorry. Can't possibly just, wait until after the war. Sorry, I got no hands. I can't. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you got guys with no hands drawing logos after the war. So, um, 
then that my my ugly is just like this reminds me of the um they had one of these recently that the cubs had one of those like a big long c and then the ubs inside so it just looked like ubs and you're you're not you're not even like clocking the sea first of all this is gold and blue for some reason like the one year we were gold in um yeah. 1918 we did go to the world series and lost it yeah i don't understand the the color scheme but i kind of like the square uh c Ugh. but also because i'm i'm really into cubes <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say it looks like your cubes fan logo yeah. Um, it, it kind of does, but, uh, yeah, that was just ugly. Cause it just says ubs, it, you know, yeah. it doesn't say it's cubs the ubs to me. logo. So that's, that's my ugly. Um, okay. So in wait. the chat. Yeah. Uh, what, what other, what other people, uh, uh, can they put pictures in the yeah, chat? Well, I don't think they can. I, I don't think they can. Pinkus says the, the dancing bear. So IFG's, uh, good. Uh, the dancing bear looks like he's a flasher without a trench coat. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's on brand for me that's uh, fine <laughs> <laughs> well now we uh, got a pantsless clark so like you know what's the difference and then um we got a lot of badgers in here yeah uh, oh and then this one we angry, really <laughs> angry badger, badger don't, don't give a shit <laughs> we're having honey badger don't give a shit references uh, in 2023 DJR. i'm not sure who, <laughs> i'm not sure who djr is but uh wanted to bust out and say and remind us of the Cuba Cubs. Yeah, that's the I 90s. brought them up, didn't I? Yeah, because the when S we, looks like an A. When and we were like uh, talking about doing this bit, I was like, do word marks count? Because I'll bring up the Cuba jerseys. Um, we'll have to do a good, bad, and the ugly on the on uh word marks next. Yep, that was that was a good one. <laughs> um man, there's a lot of this. Yeah. Well, thanks for writing in, everybody. We we could talk about this more on the Discord afterwards, I'm sure. Because there's nothing that people feel more passionately about than like logos and jersey styles and flat brim, ver brim versus curve versus, you know, there's this, th there's all these schools of thought on it. And, you know, you know, because I never even with memorabilia, like I'm like, well, why isn't that worth anything there? You know, well, because it wasn't inscribed properly or it was inscribed and it shouldn't be or, you know, that's written yeah. in red pen and not blue pen and or, you know, whatever it is, because um, but I, I never understand any of that stuff. But um, I am I do. I'm in am interested in it um, because I love things that matter that don't matter. <laughs> like it's like that, uh, that always excites me. CZ's world says uh, I did my own custom Cubs logo for my 2016 tattoo. You, you know what, CZ? I'd like world? to see that. Go to reddit.com slash r slash sunranto and you can put a picture into it because, yeah, uh, I would love to see it as well. So um, we do have a, a few announcements. We'll, we'll end, end that conversation there. But uh, the, I already said the birthdays from Anthony Huffless and Bernie Barron, their birthdays today. Uh, Mike Waller was on Monday and also on this show tonight. He did an awesome job. Emma. Tori and Steve, happy birthday. But I, I do have some sad note news. Um, a longtime listener to the show. He actually has Cubes fan tattooed on his leg. Um, Chris Salato. Uh, he lost his grandpa uh, just, uh, just a couple days ago, I think. And um, so I just want to bring this up. Um, so he, he wrote this on the Discord channel. I asked him if I could share it. 
And uh, so I, he said, yes. Yeah. So he said, as a couple of you already know, I lost my grandpa this week at the age of 95. He is the reason I am here. I'm a ranter because of him. The TV was always on WGN when I was a kid and the Cubs were never missed. I loved watching games with him. However, I was always curious about one thing I never understood until I was much older. He always, and by always, I mean every game, has the game on TV and listen to it on the radio. Took me a long time to get it, but he was my OG Cubs fan, dual watching, listening. And my only regret is never making it to Wrigley to watch a game with him. And uh, his name, uh, Raymond Martins. So, And it says right in his obituary uh, right there, he enjoyed gardening, and he was a Chicago Cubs and Iowa Hawkeye fan. So... R.I.P. Raymond, and uh, hope your family does okay, Chris. And you know, rest uh, you merry, sir. So cheers. Uh, so pour one out, pour one out, and um, uh, but uh, a little bad news, uh, good news. My cousin walked with a cane, so she oh, had a stroke. That's just, awesome. And I've, I've said this on the show before. She walked with a cane. We've been texting, so uh, on the mend. So that's really good. Long road, but you know it. Things are happening. So very good stuff. Uh, last thing is the Bleacher Bum Band. We've been having a few meetings, figure out uh, what we're going to do this year. Um, opening day, we're definitely going to try to play. We don't know. We'll either be at Output or Nisei. We're trying to figure that out. Um, but we're going to do a CD release party on an album we're working on right now on June 17th. And that'll probably be at Nisei Lounge as well. Um, so it save that date. It's against the Orioles. It's a Saturday. It's a one twenty start. We'll play afterwards. It'll be a lot of fun. And, um, the, the weather should be good and, and a re- good reason to come out and, and play. Um, also, uh, I released this on the Patreon, um, and I, and I put it as public. So if you go to patreon.com slash anybody can listen to it. You don't have to be a Patreon member, but I was on the mistaken identity uh, podcast uh, with Frank Walker, who is uh, has a podcast that's all about it's run by um, the people that work at the uh, staff at Wrigley Field. So they've got a, a podcast about their experience. Like I said, Mike Waller has his show about stats. And now there's another Cubs podcast for the Cubs uh, staff. So I think that's really you intersect with Cubs in so many different cool ways. So um, hashtag chance in the chat. Um, if you want to win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me, I just sent one today, in fact. Uh, but I, w- I had a message of love and doom in it. And uh, if you hashtag chance in the chat right now, you could win uh, that message sent to you by me. Um, so do we have any TFCs? Yes, oh. I've got two of them. Anybody else? Uh, I, uh. Thought I, I thought I did. I d- I'm not seeing it right now, though. Like, did it get buried here? Um, let me, uh, I'll, I'll find mine. Cause I do have one. Okay. I well, have funny Amazon listings with our logos on them. Nice. Oh yeah. But I don't have any cubes. <laughs> throw those out there. Oh no. I uh, well, my first one here is, um, you know, the age old argument about people bitching. Should you give the ball to a kid if you catch it, you know, and people complain about that. And uh, this guy, this fucking cube, says, yeah, fuck that stupid tradition. It was cool and all when I was a kid, but I'm done with it now. (laughs) Is that Zach Hample? (laughs) Who wrote that? (laughs) I just think it's so funny. He's like, yeah, when I was a kid and somebody gave me a ball, I thought it was awesome. But now (laughs) I'm not giving it to any kids. 
As long as I'm the one that gets the ball. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fuck. No problem. That's <laughs> eh, a fucking cube. So let's see some ugly gear. I want to see some. Yeah. So we have uh, some good gear. Oh, yeah. I dropped the link for that in the chat. I, that's uh, Michael Cotton's semi-angry bear. Uh, good. And that's a cool it. flag. I like that flag. I'm not I a flag love guy. My flag. It's hanging over my window. <laughs> not a flag uh, guy. I got I got a flag. I got a W flag. Somebody gave it to me. I have a W and an L flag. I have a W <laughs> towel. Uh, my Thai guy gave me those when I came to Chicago. It was really nice of him. I that's not the um 2016 team one though. That's the one that has like Ernie Banks and 1908 and all that stuff on it. Anyway, uh, we have a bad logo. Yeah, I want to see this one. Oh, yeah, that's the... Uh, <laughs> it kind of looks... Now it's it's kind of giving me like water buffalo. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, it is odd. It's really weird. It, it looks like oh, maybe water. a couple different animals mixed yeah. together. And that was that they did the century, the part... The century of Cubs at Wrigley Field, nineteen sixteen to two thousand sixteen. So, yeah, that's a that's a rough one. <laughs> so you got another one? Yeah, uh, and I told you, I, the one that I had for my ugly, I've only ever seen on baseball cards, and it turns out here's John God Gorl Gore Gore. I have no idea how to pronounce God. that name. G O R Y L Gorl. One of one of the many forgotten Cubs third baseman. Indeed, so, <laughs> and it's got our our ugly little uh, mounted baby bear head. Uh, that is just <laughs> such a tragic logo. Even if that is what it is, that's a bad logo. <laughs> it is. Somebody went out there, killed the little cub. Ugh, mounted its <laughs> Look head. How proud I am. All right, Danny, you got one here. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is all I got. So, um. So I, I used one of those, uh, you know, uh, with a chat. What is it called? Chat, chat GPS or TPS? What do they call it? GPT. You, GPT. Yeah. Chat GPT. And I went in there and I was asking a bunch of questions and it did doesn't tell you shit, really. But um, I, I said, well, what is the Sun Ranto show? And I wanted to know what it what it knew about our show. And it said the Sun Ranto show is a sports radio show. OK, so far, so good. Hosted by Tony Rizzo. What? <laughs> Anthony Rizzo host host the show. I'm Anthony Rizzo. Um, also known Tony Rizzo, also known as Sonny Ranto. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, it's then it goes on to say the show focuses on the Chicago Cubs and Major League Baseball. Also wrong. The format of the show <laughs> is. <laughs> the format of the show is typically a mix of analysis wrong commentary okay i'll give you that interviews sure sometimes and listener interaction yes but you yes. know for to analysis <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so in other words, you get back to the drawing board gpt you know you don't know what you're doing they're trying they're trying poor Garbage. gpt chatbot 2000 all right i got an i got another uh tfc here and this is a tfc just because this this is this is a true rancher <laughs> go no this he says <laughs> i haven't paid attention to reading about baseball for decades and now that <laughs> i'm on reddit <laughs> the whole make up a stat to prove an argument and based on X war fairy dust squared, <laughs> we're the best projected team to have 
no real world factors contribute to my imaginary plans for this season. Also, they're all on drugs. Stop <laughs> pretending they aren't. It's a high dollar competitive sport. These guys have been cheating to get ahead since they were teenagers. Hell, even the baseballs cheat. <laughs> there is no heaven. Mickey Mouse isn't real. Stop pretending baseball isn't for profit entertainment because your worldview is that fragile. <laughs> Wait, it's ex- just spectacular. Yeah, I love it. You got to get that guy on the show. I mean, he's got to come on. X Warf. X Warf. X Warf. Fairy dust squared. X X Warf Fairy dust squared. The new ass that. Oh man, I just love when he just totally goes off the rails and he's like, "No heaven, Mickey Mouse is not real." Like. <laughs> Well, Jingle is a myth. And you're adopted. Carrie uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bronnermeyer chimes in, butt rub this, and I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, Clint says, greatest TFC of all time. It might have, it might be, it really might be. I thought sometime, like towards the end of the year, we should just like at Halloween, we should do an all TFC show, just like gather all your TFCs and just like go through them. <laughs> Do, oh, do like well, a top 10, create it, like get a winner. You know, I've been telling people if they find TFCs, put it out there on the Reddit page. And uh, Dominic Galoro said that he has posted pictures of his tattoos out on the Reddit page. So if you want to see what Dominic's tattoos look like, go out there. NSFW. So what's the, um, uh, what's the, the Reddit page? Like it's, read it out. it's, it's on, uh, it's, it's Reddit, Reddit, Reddit.com. Reddit. Slash R slash Sunranto. So once again, this show was brought to you by our 108 uh, Patreon supporters who we are going to be hanging out with in a little post-show chat over on our Discord for about an hour, uh, having a, a drink or two over there with everybody in a little post-show uh, after party, if you will. Come hang out with us. Join our Patreon. It's only a dollar. Patreon.com slash Sunranto, and you get Discord. Um uh permissions i guess is what you call yeah. that so um hashtag chance in the chat it is your last chance to win the chance and uh what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna share my screen and we are going to give away a chance postcard you are also um entered to win the end of the year chance prize by just winning this this is how you get entered by winning tonight um i i didn't mention that i've i do have a new prize that I'm adding to because uh, it's February. So the new month, first month was uh, the Greg Maddox. Uh, oh no, I lost it. It's a Harry Carey patch. I can't find it right now, but I have a Greg Maddox and now a Harry Carey iron on patch is part of the price. So um, here we go. Let's uh, give the chance a spin here and let's see who's going to win tonight. Big money, big money, no whammies, no Bang, Clint, Nathan is the wiener. Congratulations, Clint, on his hopefully third bottle of wine by around now. Come on and join us in the Discord, please, because we want to we want to hear how drunk you are. So, um, 
Well, thanks for watching. Uh, congratulations, Clint. Congratulations uh, uh, to all of us for being here tonight and uh, sharing the evening with us. I had a good time, and uh, we're going to continue it uh, over on the other side. So anybody else have anything to say about that? Well, I just want to apologize to everybody. We're not going to make the two-hour mark. <laughs> it's, it's a short show. Sorry, been, you're not getting been, what you're paying for. It's short. We've been trying to make the show shorter and mission accomplished. So, um, the brood right. abides. <laughs> so, what'd you say? The brood abides. The brood abides. The brood abides. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go get myself a little brood abides. And uh, I guess on that note, um, I, I will introduce the next song as an oldie but a goodie. Right. And uh, it's it's the Ballad of Billy Cub. And oh, this is a song. Perfect for the logo show. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And it's like, because, uh, you know, if you don't know who Billy Cub was, he was the unofficial Cubs mascot before they created Clark. And he was very, very disappointed that he did not get picked to be the actual mascot. And so I wrote a little bit of a song called The Ballad of Billy Cub about when Billy Cub found out that uh, the Cubs had a new mascot. It wasn't him. It was Clark. So that's the name of this song. It's got a little music video to go. I forgot about it. So here it is. So um, on that note, see you on Discord, all you Patreon peeps and Spagog. Spagog! Spagog! <laughs> On the corner of Clark and Addison I saw A bear-costumed man, a cooler in his paw I asked him his name and he took off his claw And said, my name is Billy the Cub I noticed a tear in his googly bear eyes I asked, what's the matter? He let out a sigh. Uh, the Cubby's new mascot is some other guy. Not me, Billy the Cub. They called him The Cubs do this to me Take pictures with fans for a nominal fee Have to take off the bear suit when I gotta pee Everyone loves Billy the Cub Now hold on there Billy, you're not in their plan You hired that drunk guy who swore at a fan Named yourself after a goat and a weapon That's how it goes, Billy the Cub They called him Singing 
stairs And I don't usually hang out with guys dressed like bears So I gave him a hug just to show that I care Said I'm sorry Billy the Cub I gave him a dollar and bid him adieu He said I'm a bear not a cub I know what to do I'll take my act down to the Lincoln Park Zoo Or my name's not Billy the Cub